it's 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 hanging. How's it how's it hanging for you? We had some unexpected excitement at the end of this evening. Oh. So I, I hinted at this in my delay to coming back, but we were we were at a movie. We went to go see uh, The Matrix because they were showing a they had a showing of it at the local house. Nope, it's it's the original one. They were showing it at the Alamo Draft House as just oh. like a special Sunday screening. Um, so one of our friends organized a group to go, so that was fun. Aaron had never seen it, so that was fun. Ooh. Um, but that's beside the point. We left and we're waiting for our lift. And uh, all of a sudden, it's very loud out. There's lots of, like, commotion, lots of car horns, all this sort of stuff. And uh, we we realize, or Aaron, I guess, already knew this and made the connection, because I didn't want to be spoiled, that the 49ers won their NFC Championship game just prior to this. Oh. So uh, the city was getting very excited, especially for whatever reason, this particular area. I don't know if there's a lot of football fans or whatever. It was just there's lots of people driving around honking horns, going crazy. It was was quite exciting. And then because of all this, one part of a road got shut down and our Lyft driver was unable to get to us as best I could tell. So we ended up canceling that and then walking, you know, close to half a mile to get to a bus stop. (laughs) Mm. So that's how that goes. But... It was all good. It was kind of fun to see, like, have a bit of that excitement, even though we didn't watch the game. We're actually going to, I recorded it because I do want to watch it. I, I really care. I, I don't actually really care, I but I do enjoy watching football during the playoffs. Um, that's kind of like the vibe of it. Mm-hmm. So we're still going to watch the game because I'm curious about what happened. I don't know the score. I just know now that the 49ers won, but... It was kind of fun to be in a in a vibe that was excited, but not to a problematic degree as some other cities could be uh, when their what, teams. What do you tend mean by win. that, Mark? You mean there were just car horns honking and not like trash cans on fire? Yeah, exactly. There's not, you know, they don't have to grease the light posts so people don't climb them. That sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. What kind of grease do you think they use for that? You think they just like go and just use <laughs> some like, like lard, or do you a, think there's, there's like a run industrial? On <laughs> well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, is it or is there like a industrial product designed for this purpose? Like sports light post grease and grease. I don't I, I don't know. I just uh, I'm sure they I'm sure they call it like the Philly special, you know, <laughs> like a special brand sub brand that they, that some uh, like KY sells or something. <laughs> I don't think that's the brand. <laughs> no, it's going to be so. <laughs> <laughs> but you never know i feel like you that's gotta know. mean something totally different i'm sure i wouldn't be surprised if that company uh sells a product called that but i don't think that's what it is for probably not uh <laughs> I, I don't want to speculate too much here but <laughs> but anyway that is those are always my favorite news stories whenever there's philadelphia sports happening and they make it to the playoffs is all of the preparation that goes into making sure the city is as riot-proof as possible, regardless of the outcome. <laughs> yeah. You can just find videos of half a dozen people climbing up onto a bus stop and jumping on it until it breaks. Like, yep. it's just absurd. I don't get it. I, I Yeah, I. it's one of those things that I just can't even fathom why. Nope. I don't know that I've ever been that excited that I wanted to, like, destroy a bus stop. 
I don't know. Maybe I just don't have any passion in my life. Could be. Well, I, I'm i glad you were able to make it at least. Yeah. Despite the fact you couldn't climb up on light posts because they were too greased. Well, I could have. The, the point is that I live in a city where, despite what people say about San Francisco, that's not a common occurrence. Okay. Which is kind of nice, I, I would say. In fact, it's what one might expect would be the expectation. But we can't all be so lucky. You think? My my limited experience with several cities has convinced me that's typically the case, yeah. Philly does seem to be a little on the on one side of the bell curve when it comes to fandom mm-hmm. and, and how one expresses that. <laughs> maybe on the little rowdier side or something. Maybe, maybe. But we only a maybe, not a for sure. Not a, yeah. not a for sure, just a maybe. Yeah. Wouldn't want to overly characterize a place, you know? But yeah. I've been, uh, my my left hand hurts a little bit. Oh, it's a sore. It's, but I've been practicing something on guitar. Mm. So the the person out here, our friend who also plays guitar, we got together um, late last week. And you wanted to teach me the solo to Hotel California. Mm. And I did not adequately prepare. So it was not <laughs> successful insofar as I did not leave us playing having like being able to really play it but the solo is not that long and he kind of gave me like we kind of went bar by bar and he gave me a couple of like here are things to pay attention to kind of a thing which was Mm -hmm. helpful and so i've been practicing it but there's a lot of bends on the solo and if you do you know what i mean when i say that uh let's pretend i don't in case listeners don't okay so on a guitar it's made of there are strings that you play, and wait, me, and what? Me as a guitar player, I strum with my right hand and I fret with my left hand. And when you bend a note, you put your left hand down on that fret, but then you literally bend the string to make it higher pitched. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's a bend. And having grown up playing mostly acoustic, and not playing a lot of music that requires bends. My ability to bend notes is rather poor. Uh, so I've been practicing this solo that has lots and lots of bending on it. And to do that, you have to like kind of anchor your hand and like really push the string. You know, like it's not easy to do. Once you get used to it, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's easier. But I haven't felt like I needed to rebuild calluses or like muscular dexterity on my hand for years. So it's like both feels odd to feel this way, but also feels kind of gratifying, you know? Like, mm-hmm. ooh, I am doing a very new thing for me. So that's been kind of fun. It's fun to, like, I guess, just very directly challenge myself in that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But it makes my left fingers kind of sore. Yeah, I can imagine. That doesn't sound yeah. like an overly comfortable activity. Yeah. I'm still... I don't know if you have a sense of this. I'm still unsure... Well, actually, I'm going to start with this. Do you know if you are a an, an orchestral string player? Is there only one way? Like, I feel like I've never heard of, say, a left-handed violin in the way that there are left-handed guitars. Yeah, I think you're just not allowed to be. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking, which is kind of wild. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you're just not allowed to be kind of like with like, isn't it a total thing with like drum sets? Uh, like more when often you're not, but, being but you can taught still... to play it, you're told like, yeah, no, you're just gonna do it this way because 
you don't want to have to rearrange it every single time for the rest of your life. I would say that's fairly common, but I do know, uh, like, one band that I like a lot, their drummer is a lefty. Okay. So it's not, like, unheard of. It's definitely uncommon, though. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because especially, I mean, if you only ever play set, I could see the argument to say, no, you're willing to deal with that. But if you ever wanted to do, say, drumline, like, guess what? You are now playing right-hand lead. (laughs) Because the uniform, and that's really probably what it Mm -hmm. is with, like, an orchestra, is this desire for both, for the, like, visual uniformity of all of the strings. There is something Mm -hmm. kind of mesmerizing about seeing all of them doing the same thing. And so that could be part of it, but, and, and also then, then you have to deal with like a left-hander sitting next to a right-hander and they're like yeah. literally bumping elbows. There could be, I guess, that issue. <laughs> yeah. Like taking out eyes. Yeah. Versus on a drum set, it's like, if you want to go through the effort, you can go through the effort. Like you, you'll be okay. You just have to know that that's going to be the rest of your life up until the point that you are the lone drummer on a, in a situation. Mm-hmm. Is but, it also like. I'm trying to think about what would be different about a left-handed violin slash guitar. Is it really just it's, like the strings are backwards? Yeah, every everything is mirrored. Like, but the body of the instrument is going to be the same. It's right? also mirrored. Is the body of a violin not like symmetrical? Well, I don't know about a violin. I assume that there's some differences because you need to account for the different gauge of the four strings, which is the same as a guitar. Like, you there is a slight difference in the way that the the bridge, the part where the strings meet the body at kind of the bottom, how that's kind of angled and stuff. But not, at least on an electric, it's not that big of a deal. On an acoustic, it's probably a little bit, it matters a little bit more. Ultimately, it's probably not that big of a deal, but you are you do have a lot of different, like a, a different amount of tension because of the different size of the string. So I assume there's some internal construction that accounts for that on, on like an acoustic instrument. Mm-hmm. I'd have to assume at least. But yeah, on a left-handed guitar, everything's just mirrored. But the the other thing that I was actually curious about is like, why, when I think of a right-handed guitar, I strum with my right hand and I do all of the fine work with my left hand. And I don't understand how that became the initial way of doing things. Like historically, I'm very curious about that. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sure I could go look online and someone would give me some plausible answer but I don't know, just like, I can't come up with something in my head that is immediately satisfying. Like, right, it obviously feels natural because I've been spending years playing guitar. But I don't know if it would feel unnatural if I started from the beginning and was like, ooh, let me do all the detail work with my right hand and try and do all the strumming with my left. I'm just not sure. Maybe it's like a a strength thing. Like you have more big muscles on your dominant side. Or something, but I just don't know. Well, I think you're have the same number of muscles on both sides. Like this, are you talking about the strength of your muscles? Like I mean, your muscles I, I, are I'm thinking of this from a slightly side? from a slightly bi- yeah. Like I'm thinking of this from a slightly biased sense of like I do know my right side is like stronger and more durable than my left side. Full uh-huh. stop. But yeah, I don't know what it has to do with like the dominance of your hand handedness that led to those instruments being done that way, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, does anyone play trumpet left-handed? I, like, I don't think so. And there's going to be some famous example, like, is, like, uh, there's going to be some, like, famous trumpet player 
who is like known for being like playing opposite of everyone or something and having like custom instruments made like i want to know was it weird for matt when he first learned trumpet but he's also a weird case because he's not really like he's left-handed but also not he's weird Wow, you're minimizing his left-handedness? Well, I remember not knowing that he was left-handed for a long time because when we played baseball, he threw with his right hand. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, sure. And he batted right-handed. And mm-hmm. then suddenly, years later, I saw him writing with his left hand and he plays Frisbee left-handed. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> but but he does play guitar right-handed. I do know mm-hmm. that. So, it's weird. I feel like the... Maybe I'm totally wrong about this, and I apologize for that, and I hope you don't make fun of me too much for it. But isn't, like, being left-handed kind of a recent thing? Like, back in, like, the 40s or 50s, weren't kids just, like, not allowed to write with their left hand, and so then everyone was right-handed? I think, I feel like this is totally a thing where there's, like, data tracking like left-handedness over time and it suddenly just like became acceptable and then suddenly there's a ton more people who are left-handed uh i think that's probably part of it um i know that at least by the time my dad and his siblings were born it was somewhat acceptable because he is left-handed and he has a few siblings who are left-handed but there's definitely there's definitely a cultural element to that where for years like people were aware that left-hand dominance existed and it was you know like a sign of the devil basically in medieval mm-hmm. times uh but that's a good question i don't know when it became more allowable in, and to what extent it mattered this is a quote from a wikipedia article that is quoting a washington post article that's quoting a university of chicago psychologist i'm ready and it is that in 1939 two percent of the population wrote with their left hand by 1946, it was up to 7.5%, and by 1968, 9%, by 1972, 12%. And it seems like it's leveling off right around 14%. Yeah, I've always heard like that like 10 to 15% seemed to be the stable. Like That's what I always remember growing up, is that like around 10%, whatever. But yeah, that, that is interesting. Because now, this is the analysis I want to do. I'm not going to do it like on the air. I probably could, but I'm not going to is let's just consider baseball as a cross-section of some aspect of this, right? How -hmm. many players were identified as left-handed throwing, at least? Because there are many notable examples, but I don't know if it's more common now than it was back then or what the deal is. Left-handed hitting being a separate thing that I I still don't understand that. Still don't understand the, like, handedness of things like batting and golf and hockey and how that is considered one hand versus the other that doesn't make any sense to me Mm -hmm. because for at least hockey i understand it where it's like you're using your right hand lower on the stick to kind of control things and you're using it for power on a swing but there's like that separation of your hands but when you're batting and playing golf i just don't understand where that started (laughs) Because as someone who's right-handed but bats left-handed, I just have my mental model for, like, this is how I swing right-handed. But I can, but I do golf right-handed. But I play mm-hmm. hockey left-handed and bat left-handed. So, I don't know. It's very weird. I don't understand it. Or, the other thing, I just don't, I need to look it up. What's the difference between riding, like, normal and goofy style on a skateboard or snowboard, you know? Um, but I think I do the opposite 
of what is considered normal, but I don't remember. And that's another one where I just don't understand how it started. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stop looking at these Wikipedia pages and I'm going to close them now. But I have to say, there's such a very, there's a very interesting Wikipedia rabbit hole related to uh, handedness and specifically bias against left-handed people is the article that started me down this rabbit hole. And it is quite interesting. And I'm mm. learning there's quite a lot of language bias, apparently, against left-handed people, allegedly, at least. Mm. Uh, with, for example, I oh, it pains me a little bit to say, actually, no, I think this is probably right. This is how it should be. Uh, the Norwegian word for left-handed literally translates to English to mean wrong-handed. Hmm. So I think that's clear the Norwegians know what's going on. Um, Fascinating. Or, ooh, what's this one? <laughs> the Swedish way to essentially say to do something, or, oh, to literally say to do something with your left hand, like, colloquially means to do something badly. Mm. There's all now nah, we're going to we're going to stop. We're not going to keep going. But on then rabbit you holes. have the example of God, who is it going to be? Is it Grover Cleveland? Um, oh, gross. I think it was Grover Cleveland who uh, I, I, I want to confirm this before I get it. OK, I don't think it's him. Ambidextrous president. I don't know if this is like a confirmed thing. OK, James A. Garfield knew both Greek and Latin, and there are rumors. Uh, yeah, okay. So, he was also ambidextrous. Stories emerged to the effect that Garfield would entertain his friends by having them ask him, ask him questions and then writing the answer in Latin with one hand while simultaneously writing the answer in Greek with the other. What? <laughs> Which, if it's true, is amazing, but there's no, like, official, like, primary documented... Like, this definitely happened, sources. Uh, but I do remember like, learning this years and years ago, so the rumor has persisted to at least kind of books of facts that I read as a kid, which isn't that surprising. Because that's a cool, fun fact, if it were true. That's like a... That's kind of wild, but also, like, that's the nerdiest party trick <laughs> I could think of, and I feel like... But this is the thing. If you're a president, at least back then, any party trick is a sufficient party trick. <laughs> I feel like being a president is your party trick, though. Like, That's true. At, like, if you start doing that, people should be bullying you because you shouldn't, like, feel the need well, to do that because you're the president. I feel like, like maybe the first, let's say, like, the first 10, 15 presidents, like, up until Lincoln, they, I feel like, with the exception of, like, a couple, people probably didn't really respect the president to oh, a yeah. super high degree. So, in a way, it's kind of like the being the president is yeah. not your party trick because people don't care that much. You do need something to entertain them. Otherwise, they'll write in their journals and the newspapers how much of a bore you are. Yeah. Um, I mean, they'll Wait, still do that today. Wait, but what number president was this guy? Uh, Garfield? Uh, let's find out. I James thought he was like in the Garfield. 1900s. No, 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 no. Born 1831. Was... 20th president. So. Oh. Late 1800s. I... Why did I think and then he was, assassinated. was like right before World War II. Wait, what? Yeah. He was president of March 1881 until his death the following September. Wow. After being shot in July. So he held on there for a good bit. Was he the one that, like, his death spurred on the creation of the Secret Service or whatever? Um, could be. I don't know. Just random was that, was that Lincoln, article. Maybe? Uh, that seems possible. 
Secret Service as presidential bodyguard. Uh, after the assass- assassination of McKinley in 1901. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of cr- it's kind of crazy to think how many presidents were assassinated and things like still went on, and I can't fathom that happening today. Yeah, I I feel like like I can and I can't uh, in terms of the like things continuing on peacefully. Yeah, I feel like it depends heavily on like. Oh, this is maybe a sketchy topic to get into. But I feel like it depends heavily who, on, who like... Who there is to blame? Yeah, who's yeah. the assassinating no, that's party? that's fair, for sure. If it's some, like, foreign something, like, that's fair. Because I guess with, like, JFK, that was kind of the initial thing, was, you know, assumptions that it was, like, a Soviet, you know, spy, basically, right? Or someone, mm-hmm. someone with those connections. And... But for, like, Lincoln, it's like, okay, post-Civil War stuff... Garfield and McKinley, I admit, I literally have no clue. Also, with Reagan, he was shot right or shot at. Mm-hmm. I don't know who did that. So I really just don't know enough to make any real claims. So maybe we should just move to something else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Reagan was wounded in an attempt. Yes. Yeah, I... No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that depends a lot. I don't know. Uh, but do you know what I do know more about, Mark? Sarah's Scribbles Perfect. by Sarah Anderson. Oh, that was like a four out of ten transition. I'm gonna be honest about that. That's all right. We that's all we needed. We just needed to get out of it. I think four out of ten is probably generous in looking back. But anyways, uh, we are set in a uh majestic landscape. We'll say. With a majestic beast, that being a giraffe. Actually, yeah, I'm going to be honest. Giraffes are not... They're cool, but I don't know about majestic. Uh, and um, we got this giraffe out in the setting. And they w- are walking around and uh, appear to trip just a little bit on like a, a rock or something out in the open. And go, whoop! Thinking, well, oh, that was embarrassing. But then taking a chomp of some leaves, but no one will remember. And then quickly it pans to an elephant peeking through the underbrush, looking, knowing that this giraffe and appearing to, oh wait, do elephants have long memories? Yeah, appearing to remember that this giraffe just tripped on a rock and will probably remember for a long time because apparently elephants have long memories. Uh oh. Well done. Looks like there's going to be a. Oh, that's no. Maybe maybe we don't want to get back into that topic right away. <laughs> okay, quick gut check, Grant. Do you prefer giraffes or elephants? Oh, um, ooh, actually, ooh, wow, that was a hard one. Actually, <laughs> um, probably elephants. I don't know. That's a that's a strong statement. Do I was gonna say, is it helpful for me to have a stronger opinion or? I don't know. Do I just need to have the wrong opinion? Does it does it matter if the elephant is an African elephant or an Asian elephant? Uh, not really. Okay. I don't know. I don't know that much about Asian elephants. I feel like they, they have smaller ears and they're smaller. Oh, do they? Yeah, I've African elephants are, have like the big old ears. Yeah, I've never seen an Asian elephant, so I don't know for sure. You have at the San Diego Zoo. But oh, that's okay. were those Asian elephants? They have a mix. Okay. 
which is why I know this, because they're able to be like, look, that one's this kind, and this one's the other kind. Oh, cool. <laughs> and they all live together? Yeah. Interesting. I think it helps that they're all female elephants, and they're all, like, in their mm. 60s or whatever. Yeah. So they just kind of chill. They out here Jay chilling. Okay. So with that out of the way, I would love to hear a story of you slipping. Of me, like, slipping, like, yeah, physically like on the ground or, or, like, yeah, mentally like physically. or, I was like, thinking physically, but if you have a mental slip that you want to share, that's fine. But I, I was thinking more think of the physical slip. kind. Like, is it, do you have a good slipping story? Or something equivalent. You know, it doesn't have to be specifically a slip, but... Um, slipping story. You know, that kind of thing where, like, you take a step and you're like, Whoa! Yeah, I'm trying to think. Have I done any... Have I had any good slips recently? Like, recently it's been a little bit icy out, and there's been a, a, a fair number of days in the past, same month, where I've been, like, rushing to the bus stop. And I uh, got outside going to the bus, uh, having not planned ahead sufficiently for the bus that I was hoping to try to catch. And I abandoned my attempt to get to that bus stop in time uh, as I had a pretty bad slip that I like barely recovered from and was just like, yo, uh, I'm not going to die to catch this bus. (laughs) Um, And then I like turn around and go back inside. Nice. Um, that's happened a few times recently. And mostly that's just like me knowing there was no way I was actually going to catch that bus. Yeah. Uh, but still like trying to make the effort and just being like, you know what? Screw it. It's good for me to just like chill a little bit this morning. I'm going to sit down and drink my tea at home rather than like bring it to work. And so that's something that's happened recently, but that's not really a slip story. That's more of a, me making choices about my mental health and, finding a a slip to be a convenient excuse for it i think to be totally honest with myself about this other times i've slipped like i've definitely i've had some bad slips i suppose this is technically more of a trip now that i'm looking at the comic more but whatever yeah i've so something that happened recently actually this past week is i made chili a big i made a big uh big pot of chili uh, cause I, so my gift to myself over the past, my, I guess Christmas gift to myself, but well after Christmas, uh, was I bought myself a new, uh, big stock pot. Mm. And so I made some chili in it as the first thing I did other than like boiling water. And so then are you, you've watched the office, right? Have you? Uh, not all of it, but I've seen the office. Oh, I had, I do have, extreme... I do have a vague memory of an episode related to something like this yeah when i was like moving the chili i didn't happen to be but i had like it so deeply permeates my consciousness that like any (laughs) time i move chili i am thinking about that the scene of kevin having his like special chili that he's so proud of and then spilling it all and then trying to like (laughs) scoop it back up it's just like it is I don't know. Maybe I don't know what it says or anything, but I feel like it was a very well acted scene because it felt so real to me in the moment that I like internalized it so deeply that I think about it every time I handle chili, like large amounts of chili to this day. And I watched that. The only time like I watched it as a part of the series was like over a decade ago, probably or almost a decade ago, probably Mm -hmm. like I love that. But thankfully that didn't happen. 
Um, do you have any <laughs> any any trips or slips or anything? Oh, I got one. Actually, wait. We we jostled something. I feel like at different points we have discussed different injuries I've had, including broken bones. Probably. Um, have we discussed? Do you know how I broke my arm in middle school? Oh man. I, I am sure it'll come back to me. I feel like this sounds vaguely familiar, but I have no no specifics coming to mind. So in middle school, I broke my arm, like my lower arm, one of the two bones. I don't remember which one it was, if it was my radius or my ulna. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was my radius, but it doesn't. it's irrelevant to the story. Classic Grant story tactic here. But anyway, so I broke that, and it was as a result of a, a trip, I'm going to call it. I was in middle school track. And I was running hurdles mm. and sent, somebody had set up an, a hurdle improperly. Not that they'd set it up backwards because I'm not that dumb to jump over it the wrong way, but they'd set up the hurdle next to it, resting on top of it just a tiny bit. Uh, and I hit that hurdle and then I like, was, like my body was vertical in the air my like foot clipped the hurdle and my body just like turned 90 degrees to horizontal and smacked down on the ground, uh, on the glorious, uh, concrete track that you, I'm sure you are aware of was there. And a significant portion of my, the skin on my arm, uh, was left on the track. I'm pretty sure one of the coaches came over later and like dumped a bunch of water on it. So that like the blood went away because it was not a pretty sight. Uh, and yeah, and then I broke my arm. So I guess that's a, that's kind of a trip. Like it's a midair version of this comic, uh, except there wasn't an elephant there. And, uh, this comic is black and white. So you can't see if the giraffe is covered in blood or not. Yeah, true. Yeah. That sweat is actually blood in the second frame. (laughs) (laughs) Brutal dude. Tripped so hard his face hit the ground. Poor giraffe. But yeah. Uh, the thing that this made me think of is... The feeling when either there is a step when you don't expect it or there isn't a step mm. when you do expect it. And that like I like literally nothing happened, but I definitely looked like an idiot just now. I feel like an idiot. And the first time I distinctly remember this happening to me was when trick or treating and I like went up to go get my candy. That worked. That went just fine. And then I went down and I just went I, I don't know what I did. I must have just gone off the side of this person's like little front door area mm-hmm. and not down the actual steps because I like plummeted down two stairs worth when I was expecting to be able to stop at one stair. And this is in the dark. And I just like end up like in a bush, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like disoriented in the dark trick or treating. So that just, comes like, to mind. Yeah. And then uh, my worst sort of trip ever was we were walking my friend's dog. This was when I was in eighth grade, maybe seventh or eighth grade, something like that. And I was kind of like, you know, we were walking along the road and I was kind of like toying with the dog, like kind of, you know, bidding it to come towards me a little bit. And I like, like not even jog. I sort of just like, I'm stepping backwards. Right. Mm-hmm. As we're like walking with the dog and I'm kind of like leaning down, you know, oh, come here. And I hit just this like probably like three inches of difference between the pavement and the grass, hit it exactly wrong, sprained my ankle, have to get crutches. <laughs> like, it's just one of those things where you're like, 
I've my ankle has probably done whatever just happened in a slightly different way a million times and nothing's ever been wrong. And it just hit me exactly wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, like I've seen people, I remember in a baseball game in high school, seeing someone step on first base fully on the side of their foot. Like it looked like their foot twisted 90 degrees, Ah. landed on the Ah. base. They go stumbling to the ground. Uh, All of us see this. We're like, oh, my God. And he gets back up and just walks to first base. And we're like, are you okay? And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm fine. Oh, my God. I hate that. Literally nothing happened. Ah, I didn't even (laughs) see it. And I'm in physical, like, discomfort right now. Well, luckily for you, Grant, yeah, it's chill. By Christine Rye, Uh, we have... Let's call it like a New York City street because it's a hot dog stand. Uh, it says hot dog, and there's some like bottles of water and soda. And they also seem to be uh, there's a little bit of advertisement on this hot dog cart that has a big hot dog and it says veg. So I don't know if it's a vegetarian hot dog. Uh, we see the bottom half of someone holding a hot dog in one hand and in the other hand holding a leash that leads to a dog who has a harness around them and a bow tie, not a bow tie, like a a ribbon, a bow on top of its head. And it is talking to a pigeon on the sidewalk. When she said we were going out to pick up hot dogs, this was not what I had in mind. (laughs) Thirsty dog. (laughs) You think that's why the dog's wearing a bow? Yeah, it got all dressed up for the occasion. I got all gussied up, and now it's going for hot dogs. Yeah. Instead of hot dogs. Yeah. What? Woof, woof. Hot dogs. Uh, so, Mark, the question I really want to ask you. Yeah. Like, I assume... Actually, no, we're not going to assume anything, because it's Mark we're talking about here. Mark, do you think dogs can talk to each other? Oh, man. I just choose to believe so. I or like, do you think, think they can communicate in a way that they understand with their verbal uh barks? Yeah. That I'm less sure about. I'm not sure that they're the particular I mean that's that's not true. I think that they do have a way of communicating. I'm sure the inflection of their bark can be interpreted by each other to some degree. Maybe there's other elements to it that we don't understand. But obviously they that they can communicate in some way. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, they can clearly snarl if they don't want you near them. I also know that when, when the one thing that I always, like, that I learned years ago and now always pay attention to anytime I see two dogs getting, like, going wrestling at a dog park is that dogs te- have a tendency to purposefully sneeze to communicate that they are playing. So even if it looks like they are, like, going at each other's throats, like Aaron's parents' dogs have a tendency to do when they are screwing around with each other, you know, like, teeth are bared, they're literally going at each other's throats. But Mm -hmm. in between it, they are sneezing, and you know that nothing bad is ever going to happen, at least on purpose, Hmm. you know? Like, that's a thing that that I remember learning, and it's just stuck with me for years now. So they do have ways of communicating. I don't know if there's a specific way that they, like, if you just hear a dog barking. I don't know if there is an element to how they are barking that could be distinguished by other dogs or by a well-trained human. I'm honestly not sure, but I choose mm-hmm. to believe so because I'd rather think so. Okay. Follow-up question then. Do you think yeah. different breeds of dogs like can communicate better or like 
are like worse with each other mm. dramatically, or do you think they all kind of communicate the same? I think they all communicate basically the same. I know that different dogs have different or different breeds have different um like personality types, but like so do humans. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess maybe two different breeds maybe maybe communicate a little worse, but I don't think that's nece- I don't think that's necessarily a rule. Because ultimately yeah. when I think about it, it's like, well, we do classify them as breeds and not different species. And mm-hmm. I know that that is more of a, often a genetic slash, like, um, ability to mate kind of a thing. But I have to imagine, I'm sure Aaron will listen to this and tell me whether I'm right or wrong. I don't know. Um, and that's fine. I, I would actually like to know the answer if there is a known answer. But I just assume that there is enough, like, shared base behavior mm-hmm. that they have a similar way of communicating to themselves. Which is why, with different dogs... I don't, like, if it's a different breed, I don't feel like I can't understand them. Like, I kind of get dogs in a way that I don't get cats. And I know some people get cats. They look at a cat and they're like, oh, that cat's pretty happy. And I'm like, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. There's no way. Uh, Yeah. But I can look at a dog and kind of get, like, I I just kind of get it from experience. Um, That being said, I know that there are certain breeds that communicate in slightly different ways where you have, like, huskies who kind of, like, have their weird sing-songy howl. Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever heard a husky when they, like, speak? Yeah. Because they can bark, but they can also do this, like, thing yeah. that's, like, very particular to them that other dogs don't do. Um, But I think some of the other things, the other telltale signs, look at their ears, look at their tails, that sort of thing. I suppose that's harder on a dog whose tail has been either bred out of them or forcibly removed, but, you know, still, mm-hmm. I assume that there's other aspects of, like, how are they arching their spine or whatever that can kind of give it away, so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now now we're to the real meat of the issue. I have two questions that I was actually intending to ask that this was right. just a ploy to uh, segue our way into. Who do you think can understand a dog better, a mm. person or a pigeon? That's a great question. I think... That's question one of two. I'm here. going to change the question because I have to. <sighs> I think, a, or I'm going to, cha- I'm going to answer with like a caveat. I think a pigeon understands a dog at the capacity that it needs to understand it better on average than a human. Because I bet pretty much every pigeon who really only needs to know, I need to get the hell out of the way uh, <sighs> if they need to get out of the way. I bet most pigeons know I need to get out of the way versus as evidenced by humans who some are dog people and kind of get the signs of a dog that might be happy or might be annoyed but there are also humans who have literally no clue when that could be the case just like me with cats i have to imagine that by and large most pigeons going to be totally fine messing around with a dog obviously our capacity to understand a dog is far higher than a pigeon's you know um but percentage of like desired understanding or required understanding, I feel like it's probably higher for a pigeon. Okay. Okay. That I, I'm not going to get into this because I want time to ask my final question. Okay. I'm ready. If you are say writing a story or a comic, mm-hmm. a dog is making an, making an audible noise that you are not going to personify into English or some other human language. What is the correct way to, or not necessarily what is the correct way. 
what are incorrect ways that you know are used in like writing to uh to notate that audible noise uh coming f- as opposed to inaudible noises obviously uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. coming from the dog's mouth all I can think of is the Brian Reagan joke about yes. like whoever yes, whoever said a dog says bow wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ob- objectively the worst one. I yeah, just think we heard a bow wow. <laughs> yeah. You got you got your your barks, you got your woofs, you got your ruffs, you got your arfs, you got your yips. But yaps. it's like arf? You ever hear arf? Uh I've seen it in a crossword puzzle. But yeah, no 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 no. Have you but ever heard like- arf? From a dog. I think so. Because most of it comes down to size. You know? I think you can have dogs that... Wait. That it's all give about more size? Of it's not all about size. But, like, you have your yippy dogs who yip. But I feel like you have, like, this middle ground set of dogs who are who can, like, kind of give us, like, arf. Kind of like a, a not... They're not scary. But they're not yippy. You know, there's enough base to their whole deal that... It's getting towards a bark, but, like, it's not a bark. Like, let's be real. They're not barking, you know? It's more like a bork? Sure. A, a barf. A barf. Like, uh, what's barf from? Isn't, oh, okay, yeah, space balls. There we go. <laughs> Took me a second to put two and two together here. Sorry. If I made a reference, I didn't intend to. I've never seen space balls. Oh. Okay. Well, I've you, seen about 15 minutes of space balls. What? Yeah. Oh no! I'm aware of the jokes. Like I know the a lot of the one-liners from it, but I've never sat down and watched it. Fully. Yeah, someday. You're real Prince Valley. Maybe, maybe at your bachelor you? party. 